Hello, and welcome to our Sisters of the Holy Names Women on a Mission podcast. My name is Sister Mimi Maloney, and I live in Santa Cruz, California. My co-host is... I'm Sister Teresa Shields, and I live in beautiful Seattle, Washington. Our guest today is Sister Barbara Raymond, who will speak with us about how she casts the fire of God's love by establishing Adelante Mujeres in Forest Grove, Oregon. Before we begin, however, Teresa will lead us in prayer. Blessed Marie Rose, obtain for us the audacity of faith, the simplicity of hope, the power of love, that we may actualize the words of Jesus. I have come to cast fire on the earth and would that it were already kindled. We ask this in your name and in the names of Jesus and Mary. Amen. 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 Thank you, Teresa. And welcome, Barbara. We are so happy to have you as our guest today. So why don't you begin by telling us about Adelante Mujeres, uh, the ministry you began in Forest Grove, Oregon. What inspired you to start it? Well, Mimi and Teresa, thank you for inviting me to be part of this series of podcasts. I spend a lot of time uh, telling the story of Adelante Mujeres, so it's a privilege to do it this way. In fact, one of my tasks as a retired um, person is to tell the story of Adelante Mujeres to every potential new board member so they all know from whence we come. Adelante Mujeres started out when Bridget Cook joined the staff at Central Pocatello of Washington County, where I had been working for five years edu uh, coordinating education programs. Once we got to know each other, we began talking, and I had someone else to talk to about the role and the status of women in the community who were Spanish-speaking immigrants. Wondering what they wanted and needed, we began to gather them together, a small group, and just talk with them. We did learn from the people that worked with postnatal women at Virginia Garcia Clinic that if we had them do handcrafts while they were meeting together, it was less threatening to their husbands. Um, otherwise, it sort of scared their husbands that women were getting together to talk. So we did little handcrafts, but we talked. And Bridget, who is fluent in Spanish, and I, who stumble in Spanish, um, gathered them together, and we did what we would call icebreakers, but what in Spanish is called dynamics, to initiate ways for them to talk with each other and share their own stories. Because the women come from various Mexican states, and some not from Mexico at all. So they didn't know each other and had no bonds with each other. So over a period of about two years, we first just met with this group of women, and then we expanded to teaching them traditional Mexican or Latin American handcrafts, bringing people in. And always then they would learn by sharing with each other their stories. They began to form a community. We listened to them and gave them some tools. 
we taught them some leadership skills. And eventually, over the course of maybe a year and a half or two years of weekly meetings, they had formed a group that was willing to tell us what they really had always wanted and had never had an opportunity to do as girls in wherever it was they came from. They wanted to go to school. Most of them had had between two and five years, if that, of education. And most of that was in a, a very um, primitive kind of school, either on a, a ranch or in a small pueblo. And some had just had very little at all, but they wanted to go to school. And their basic motive for wanting to go to school at this point in their lives was they wanted to be able to help their children as their children went through school and they didn't have that capacity, or at least they felt they didn't. So over the next several weeks, they planned a curriculum with us. What did they want to study? Anything we suggested, yes, they did want to study that. And eventually we came up with a pilot project in which we had um, oh, four or five classes, English, math, what we called personal development, which included anything that we wanted them to be able to learn from um, how to talk with each other, to things about their own sexuality, to personal development things uh, of all kinds. We had a group of uh, women that came in with sewing machines and they had a sewing class. Um, and then we began in February of 2002, this pilot project, which was a five day a week, five hour a day school for, I think we had 12 to 15 women in the core group. And we had childcare for their children. And, and they had, and we started this at Adelante, at, no, at, excuse me, at Central Cultural. We had been meeting offsite. And um, that was wonderful because the energy that that group of women brought to the Centro was just amazing. It was exciting. They were just like dancing through their days, uh, going to school, laughing and helping and everybody had a task and everybody helped clean up. And, and uh, they each had committed to 20 hours of volunteer service in nonprofit agencies in the community so they could give back for what they were getting. And we went on like that for a few weeks and it was just great. And it was a great selling point for fundraising for Central. And then um, Bridget and I took them over to Pacific University uh, for their first ever feminist day. And they presented their life there. And when we got back, we met with uh, an experience that was kind of earth shaking for Bridget and me. The men on the staff, there were three uh, Mexican men on the staff, the executive director and two very um, high up people on the staff. And what had come to light while Bridget and I and the women were gone was that there was difficulty for the women being at Central because it upset the understanding, I guess, of what the men on the staff thought women should, women should be doing. And so we ended up with a very uncomfortable situation between Bridget and myself and the men on the staff with whom we had worked closely. Uh, so Bridget and I spent several months, uh, the whole summer in fact, negotiating our departure from Centro in order to become an independent group. 
it was a very painful time for both of us. And we invited one of the men that I had hired to teach Spanish, a man from Guatemala, to come with us if he wanted. And he was delighted. So Bridget and I and Alejandro departed from Centro in September of 2002. And Bridget and I set up a small office in an extra room in the house in which Judy Bertoli and I live. And from there, I found a space in the local Episcopal church for us to have classes. Bridget did the nonprofit business, so we got our nonprofit status. And in September of 2002, we began classes formally as Adelante Mujeres, an independent nonprofit. We had childcare and I think 12 to 15 adult women. Barbara, I did have a question um, about, uh, you mentioned, Ade, uh, not Adelante Mujeres, you did mention that, but Central Cultural. For people that don't know what that is, could you explain that? And also, thank you for the, the wonderful introduction you gave to us about that. And also talk now maybe a little bit about the demographics of the area in which you live. Okay. Um, in the 1970s, a, a group of Spanish-speaking migrants, not immigrants, they came basically from Texas, who had been following the crops for years, decided that they want to, wanted to settle out in Western Washington County. And they got together and sold tacos on the street for enough time to be able to buy a little place that was kind of like a ramshackle building on the corner of one of the streets in Cornelius, Oregon, which is just about two miles from where I am right now. And out of that, they, what they, their dream was to have a place where they could come together to maintain their culture, to talk about the problems that they dealt with in you know, settling out in the community and, uh, and do a lot of outreach to each other. Eventually, um, they were able to take over a community block grant project that the city of Cornelius was not able to follow through on and built a building, which has since been expanded and is still on the, that corner in Cornelius on the main, main street of Cornelius. And the, the basic mission of that was to provide space and time and ways of reaching out to the community and supporting the Spanish speaking community. And I started to work there in uh, 1992 when I had finished like 20 years of work in elementary and high school education and several years of work in vocation formation work. And I had grown up in St. Paul, Oregon, which always had those same migrant uh, people, not the same families, but the same people every year come to St. Paul. And so I was really happy to be able to get into a place where I was finally connecting with that part of my own personal heritage. And uh, so that's what Central Cultural was. What else did you ask me, Mimi? I also uh, wanted to ask you, Barbara, about the demographics, the landscape. Oh, yes. I take it that it was, Forest Grove is an agricultural area. Yes. And kind Forest, of where... Excuse me. Western Washington County is, is a, a deeply agricultural area. And we have German and Dutch farmers out here that have been here for eons, you know. Uh, and the demographic now, I was che just checking that out. In Forest Grove, for example, 
right now or the, the most recent census would have us about 20% Spanish speaking immigrant, migrant folk settled out or uh, in, still in the migrant stream and 60, 65, 70% white and the rest a mix. And that's, I think in the schools here, in the ordinary uh, schools around, probably about half of the people there, half the kids there are Spanish, come from Spanish speaking families. If you get out to the outer regions where there's um, more upper, upper middle-class families, the schools there probably have a little less of the population being Hispanic, but the schools around where I am in Cornelius and Forest Grove are basically half or more now Spanish speaking. So that's what the demographics demographic is like. And, and the elementary school, one of the elementary schools in Cornelius was one of the first to have a bilingual school. And it was kind of a traumatic experience when it started out, but when the uh, English speaking population figured out that not only were the Spanish speaking people learning English, but their kids were learning Spanish, then it began to be more acceptable. And then now it's just, you know, ordinary. Thank you, thank you. Barbara, um, another question. What was, the, the, you mentioned a couple challenges, you know, the view of some of the men on the board of um, Central Cultural uh, about the role of women. That was one challenge when you had to branch off and form Adelante Mujeres. What were some of the other challenges that you faced at the beginning? Um, and some of the success stories of your clients. That's an interesting question. I, you know, I don't think I thought of things as obstacles. The, the greatest obstacle was that working through what uh, Bridget and I clearly felt to be not just something we should do, but a, a call. Bridget and I both were raised in rural Oregon. Both of us have theological backgrounds. Uh, both of us are educators at heart. She's like 20 years my junior, but we really connected very well. And so our relationship was never an obstacle. Figuring out how to, for example, get the women that wanted to be a part of us connected in such a way that they had the freedom to come. That was one sort of obstacle. One of the things that we early on decided after our first year, the first year we interviewed each of the women before we admitted them to the program. So they knew exactly what they were getting into and they made their commitment to that. We did realize that it was threatening in a way. It caused fear and anxiety in their families with their husbands or spouses or partners. And we didn't really want that to, to be in the way. So after the first year, when we did interviews, the husband had to come too. And so we interviewed the couple together because our mission was to not only to, you know, educate and empower Spanish-speaking women, but their families as well. That's, that's included in our mission. So um, that made a huge difference to have the men included in the interview so that when the women committed, it was not just the woman, but the man was committing to support her in that and he knew what he was supporting. And he uh, also knew that his children would be included in what 
rapidly became an early childhood education program instead of just babysitting. And so when those men began to see their children learning and thriving, that really was a tremendous asset to the program. So that was one, well, I guess if I look back on it, yeah, I guess that wasn't an obstacle, but we didn't consider it that. We considered it, oh, this is something we all have to address. One of the things that we did, and it, it, it made things less efficient, but what I have discovered in working with another culture is that efficiency is my cultural thing. And uh, Bridget, who spent five years in Chile, was a lot more Latina than I ever will be. But I learned to, um, to monitor my responses and to monitor my reactions to things that happened and found myself asking myself the question frequently, is my response because I'm Anglo and they are Spanish speaking or from a Hispanic culture? Or is it because I'm a woman and these particular people happen to be men? Or is it because uh, I'm a religious woman and I have an underlying culture there that we often don't acknowledge, you know? And these are not in that commitment, so they're not living that lifestyle. So I found myself being freed a little bit by asking myself questions about why am I responding the way I'm responding? One of the things that we did early on was involve the board of directors that we had set up, the staff that we had set up and hired, even when there were few of them, the students themselves and Bridget and myself in formulating what would be our mission, what would be our values and how we would approach things. And from the very beginning, Everybody that was involved was also involved in making the major decision that affect the organization. So that was, um, and I think you said uh, when we were talking before, Teresa, it was organic. It came, what we wanted to do was what the women wanted to do. What we did with the children was what the women desired for their children. We have eight major programs now. In the space of 20 years, we've gone from having women in school and children in early childhood education to having eight major programs that reach from women's adult education to what they call nourishing the community, which is a farmer's market and outreach to the community and nutrition and that kind of thing. We have job, what you call it, impresses, the impresses program, which is business development. So, Several years ago, we started a business development program and we teach people what they need to know to be a successful business person in Oregon. All the laws, all the regulations, we mentor them. Well, I say we, when I mean we, I mean the organization. The director of that program is Latino man. In fact, I think 80 to 85% of our staff are Spanish speaking, bilingual, bicultural folks. And many of the people who started out in our adult education program are now working in our early childhood education program. So, um, you know, we have young uh, adolescent girl program, Chicas. We have, um, oh gosh, I, you know, it's going so fast. It's sort of like uh, advocacy program that I just joined with in 
doing advocacy and immigration training for people to get promotores who can teach people with immigration problems how to deal with their programs. And I'm going to be helping mentor those folks. So uh, it's, it's kind of an amazing, it's just gone from being two little programs and two little people in this two, in little office to, well, five years later, uh, the whole house that we were in, uh, which was an old farmhouse that had been rebuilt and refurnished, was full of everything Adelante Mujeres. Judy Bertoli had her bedroom, I had my bedroom, and the rest of the house was Adelante Mujeres. I am blown away because what you did was what Mother Rose did. It was looking at the needs, asking people what they needed, and how you pivoted so beautifully when the women were actually able to tell you what they wanted. Because that takes a while when you're in the dominant culture to, for people to really feel free to speak. So I, I just... and. I, I, I just, I have just a few more questions, but, and you really answered it, but how has Adelante Mujeres fit in with the commitment of the Holy Name Sisters to the full development of the human person? Now, you mostly answered that, but could you extrapolate on that a little more? And then my last question is, what has fed you? How have you been nourished by this wonderful, life-changing ministry. The thing that I, uh, that makes me happiest in looking at Adelante Mujeres and having been a part of it is that there is just absolutely no separation between the mission of the Sisters of the Holy Names of Jesus and Mary and the mission of Adelante Mujeres. The mission of Adelante Mujeres is to provide holistic education and empowerment opportunities to low-income Spanish-speaking immigrant women and their families to make sure that they can participate fully and assume leadership in the community in which they live. And if that isn't Mother Rose's, uh, you know, right down to the, the practically the same wording, and it's not like I brought that to the development of the mission in terms of, well, we've got to do this. It's just that this is who Bridget and I and the women really felt like we were called to be. Bridget and I, when we started, we actually talked to ourselves about it. We think we know what these women need. They're isolated. They haven't gone to school. They, they're low income, blah, blah, blah. But we don't really know. So let's figure out a way to find out. And that's what we did. And um, so I, I felt like more completely involved in the mission of the Holy Name Sisters because I am involved completely in the mission of Adelante Mujeres. And as I watch Adelante Mujeres grow and everything that we have done has come from the people. We didn't decide, you know, oh, I think we'll have a, We'll have a program for, program for young women in, in school. No, people came to us and said, this is a need. Can Adelante Mujeres help us with this? Does it fit our mission? Oh, indeed it does. Let's do it. And, and in, in so doing, uh, we have been true 
to the mission of the organization from the beginning. And it's one of the things I think that we're most careful of. Does this fit our mission? Because you can do a lot of things, you know, a lot of good things. But allowing people to tell you what they want and helping them figure out how to free the fire in themselves. I was thinking, you know, casting fire is one thing. Helping people identify their own fire and letting it take over their lives so that they become forces in their own community. I think that's what we're really about. And that's what really pleases me. That is amazing and wonderful. And you are such a good guest. We've got to have you back sometime. It's wonderful, uh, Barbara. What an interesting story. And it must thrill you. It thrills me to learn about this. And I, I have... Uh, and that the work continues and, yes. and will continue because the needs don't get any less. They uh, continue to grow. But I have one last question for you, Barbara. What, for those that do not speak Spanish, what does Adelante Mujeres mean? Adelante Mujeres. Adelante is a word that, well, if somebody knocks on the door, you can say, Adelante, that basically, you know, come in and open the door. Uh, but when you say adelante mujeres, um, really, literally, it means rise up, women. Oh. And uh, we tried to soften that when we were first in business, so to speak, so people wouldn't get too terrified. But now we're quite clearly saying it's rise up, women. And and uh, although, you know, we, we come out of a very feminist background, uh, both Bridget and I, Bridget, uh, you know, from a later generation of feminism and I kind of didn't know I was feminist actually until I began monitoring what I was doing and acting and thinking about. Uh, but when Bridget talks to her staff about what it means to be feminist, she says, we deeply believe in the equal dignity of both men and women. And that's what we're, our work is about. That is, that is the Holy Names Charism. Thank you so much, Barbara. You're so welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Good. Thank you, Barbara. And I want to just say as a final word that because you have shared so beautifully that you have cast fire all your life long, and especially through the Adelante Mujeres ministry, thank you again. Casting the fire of God's love. Thank you. Adelante. 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 <laughs> thank bye you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.